Another day, another dollar makes you wonder where your money went. You can scream and you can holler. Hi, folks. This is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, dictated is almost always the case during my 50-mile commute between Arlington and Frisco, Texas. Today is Thursday. June the 18th, 2009, it is already 82 degrees. I have already crossed the 80-mile-per-hour threshold, which I'll soon have to decelerate down to about 10 as I hit my first traffic bank of many on the way to the office today. Okay, folks, uh, today's show is going to be a little different, I guess. I am going to actually try to inspire you today. I'm going to tell you why I do this show, what I've learned by doing this show, and where the philosophy of life that I bring to this show to you comes from. I, I hope that today's show actually will lift you so far up, you'll be so inspired that you'll think, I'm not going to feel this way again for a long time because I'm doing it for a reason. Today is the show before the show, with the show being the show we'll do tomorrow, which will be, hi, this is Jack Spierko, blah, blah, blah. Welcome to the Survival Podcast. And uh, now here comes the audience telling you what the last year has meant to them while the show's grown for a year. Because I believe that no matter how much I inspire you today to live that better life, to take hold and take control, that tomorrow when you hear, oh, I guess it's going to be about 20 people or more that have actually done it, that when you hear that, it's going to inspire you more. So I want to actually try to bring you up to a level today that, you know, you'll think, man, this is the size I'm going to get. And I want those people tomorrow that just simply say, hey, man, this is what I've done for a year to make you realize, yeah, you know what, it's not just a feeling, it's a reality. Before we do that, let's do a little bit of house cleaning today. Number one, if you think you get more than 25 cents worth of value a day when you listen to my show, consider joining the Member Support Brigade. You'll get exclusive content only available to members, including downloadable videos and some other really cool stuff. Uh, the next thing that I wanted uh, to point out, as always, is uh, check out our sponsors. They're on our website, thesurvivalpodcast.com, in the right-hand margin. Today's sponsor of the day, Safe Castle LLC. Great operation. Special discount for members, brigade people, coming from them very, very soon. I've been delayed in getting that done, but we will get it implemented soon this week at some point. All right, so uh, let's let the house cleaning just die there today. And let me just get into this and let me just get you feeling really freaking good, especially for a Thursday. I mean, if this were a Friday, it would be one thing. But I want to jack you up on a Thursday. Thursday's a melancholy day of the week. You're already through Wednesday that's hump day. You're probably going to the office when you, you know, in the morning going, oh, man, I just want to get out of here. Thursday, you're coming home. you got one more day. So I don't know when you're going to listen to this at your lunch hour, on your ride home, whenever, but I want to jack you up on a Thursday, and I want to make you realize why I do this show, and it's going to maybe surprise you what I'm going to do in the beginning, where I'm going to start with this. See, 
I don't do this show just about survivalism or just about money or just about investing or just about controlling your life. I do it about philosophy. That's really, I'm tricking you. Every day when you tune in and listen to this show and I'm telling you how to store beans in a bucket or I'm telling you how to make a selection of a weapon to defend your home and your family with or I'm telling you how to plant a tree in the ground. Every day that I'm doing that, I'm really giving you a lesson in philosophy. A philosophy that's been in my heart for a very long time that at times uh, that I've been living by it, I, I wasn't even ready to articulate it yet. A philosophy of life that was handed down to me by good grandparents, by parents that did the best they could is all I can say, by a lifestyle, by a military life, by, by living in third world nations, by seeing the ravages of combat on other human beings, all of these things led up to a philosophy of life. And I'm going to reveal that philosophy to you today. But I want to take you back to a time when I had just gotten out of the military. I was uh, living at a friend's house, folks. I, I am an American success story financially. I, I won't deny that because it's unfair to people that are where I was. It doesn't inspire them to where they can go to. When I got out of the Army, I was on about $200 of unemployment and looking for a job. And uh, found my first job I took, barely replaced the $200 of unemployment, packing boxes in a warehouse that was about 150 degrees, at least it seemed like. When I slept on the floor of a friend's apartment, I paid him half his bills for the privilege of sleeping on the floor of a one-bedroom apartment. And I started to do a lot of soul-searching then, because this friend of mine worked nights, and I worked days. So I spent a lot of time alone, because I didn't have a lot of money to do things. And I started to read about philosophy. I started to read about science. I started to read about physics. And I started to read poetry. And eventually somebody gave me a book by a guy named James Cavanaugh, who is an amazing author. And I think most of his books are out of print. They're making a press to bring them back, and I hope they do. But I was given a book called There Are Men Too Gentle to Live Among Wolves. And it was a great it was a great book of poetry. But the thing that stuck with me from that book to this day, and I have it memorized without even trying, was the dedication in the book. And I say I have it memorized, I might get a word or two wrong, but this is how I remember it. To a cat named Ralph, who makes me laugh and feel loved. And a tired old man who makes me cry and feel helpless. But especially those who can hear the honking of geese above the sound of traffic. Who can hear the weeping of boys above the sound of mortars. And to those who refuse to accept life as it is, because it wasn't always. I was 21 years old the first time I read those words, and they literally were written into my soul, and that is not just eloquent language when I say that. How much so? I have a cat. His name is Ralph. And he does make me laugh. And I've carried that with me. And I've thought, you know, this is really... And if when I put this show together, it wasn't... I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, I have something to do, I have something to say, I have something to share, I need to help people. But as I've done it, I've realized, this show is for the person. They can stand in the middle of a city, surrounded by traffic and cars and people and concrete and pollution and noise, and see that one piece of nature peeking through, and they realize, you know what? That's important too. 
And we need more of that and less of this other clutter and noise and distraction. I do this show for people that in the most horrific parts of life, when the mortars are falling, can hear someone crying for help and are willing to offer it. And then the final part of that dedication, I do it mostly for those who refuse to accept what we have because it wasn't always this way. People come in and they bash our nation from the inside and from the outside and they talk about the sins of America until they're blue in the face and then people turn around and they'll ask you, how can you be a patriot? I do this show because I want you to answer that question in a way that will shut a person who would dare ask you that up so fast they won't know what hit them. I want you to be able to turn to that person and I want you to say, I'm a patriot because I believe in the ideals of America. I believe in what the nation is supposed to be. I believe in what it was. I believe that our nation is supposed to be constitutionally governed. I believe that we are supposed to make it equal for all. Advantages for none. I believe that we're not supposed to be interfering with the rest of the world. I believe in those ideals and I believe in the rest of the ideals of our founders. And just because most of my nation has turned the hell away from it doesn't mean I will. I'll stand. I'll fight. I'll fight with actions. I'll fight with words. I'll fight by being an example. I'll fight by living the right way no matter how far to hell everyone around me goes. And I will not let you put down the ideals. If you want to attack the actions, I'll stand by you and do it. But do not attack what I so deeply believe in and love. I want you to feel that way because you protect what you love. If you're a parent, if somebody attacks your child, you will defend them. Love your nation. Don't love the mistakes of your nation. Don't love the incompetency of the people leading your nation today. But love what your nation represents. And if you're sitting in another nation somewhere else right now thinking, I'm just talking about Americans, you haven't been paying attention, I'm talking about you. You believe it because every nation out there at its core has these same beliefs. They've been trampled and driven down, but they're in the core of humans. Understand, as an American, when you walk around and you say you have constitutional rights, you are lying out the other side of your face. You don't have a single constitutional right. You are blessed to live in a nation that has a constitution that acknowledges that you had those rights before it was ever written, that they were handed down to you, that they were given to you, that they're yours, and anybody that takes them from you, you have a right to stand up against. You have a duty to stand up against them. And you have a duty to ensure that they're given and granted to your children and to their generations after them. That's why I do this show. And it's not just about government, and it's not just about economics, it's about the simpler things. I do this show because I want you to realize, when you take one tiny seed, and you put it into a little pot, and you grow it into a little plant, and you care for it, in that time of the year where it can't be outside, and eventually the, the season changes, and you put it into the earth, 
and you take care of it. And six months after that little tiny seed went into that little pot, you pull a fruit or a vegetable from a vine and you eat it. I don't want it just to be a hobby. I want you to understand what just really happened. That you took an action to give nature what it needed. It turned it right back around and gave you more than you gave it. And it gave you what you need. And I want you to see that as taking one-tenth of one percent of the freedom that you're entitled to back from the systems that have made you dependent and have made you a slave. One-tenth of one percent is all you need because I know if you see it that way when it happens, if you realize that that's what it is, when you sit down and eat something as simple as a salad that has been 100% delivered to you by your own actions, independent of anybody else, and you realize what it means, I know that it will make you insatiable for more freedom. I know that it will make you go on an endless quest for more freedom and more self-sufficiency. Because when you feel it, it feels good. It reaches a part of you, a special place, that is simply the part of you that is 100% authentic as a human being. It's the part of you that's not covered by expensive or cheap clothing. It's the part of you that's not entertained by reality television in the least. It's the part of you that really could care less about how trendy a place you live or work in is. It's the part of you that simply wants the freedom to be. The ability to do what you want when you want. And even with that complete freedom, most of us would never do harm to anyone else. And it reveals to us the lie that we need all of this conglomeration of bullshit in our lives to protect us from ourselves. It is a lie. It is an absolute, positive lie. I want you to realize that your Second Amendment decried right, not constitutional given right, constitutionally protected right, to self-defense does not just apply to the guy in Texas that wants a gun. It applies to the freaking needle-nosed accountant up in Massachusetts that wants to take it away. He has the right to self-defense, too. And if you understood that, maybe you'd stop trying to take it away from everybody. I want you to understand that each one of those protected rights is critical to the rest of them. That if we give up one, we set a precedent that they can be taken away. And it is only a matter of time until they are. I want you to realize that the illusion of safety created through taxing us to extremes is only that. Just a freaking illusion. We are no more safe today because we work for six months a year for our government and combined taxes than we would be if we only worked for two months for our government and combined taxes, or for that matter, one. I want you to realize that when you're told it is unpatriotic to object to your nation going to a war, that is also a lie. I want you to realize that somebody can say, I support the troops 
and I hope that they're safe, and I believe in what they do as men, but I don't think we should be involved in this war, and that person is told you can't do that, that that's bullshit. Of course you can. This is America. You can do any damn thing you want. I want you to realize that statement above all else. I want you to be in touch with your personal power that you have within yourself. I want you to realize that every system of dependency that you are involved with, you are there by choice. And you don't even have to leave them all. The day you understand that it is a choice to be in that system is the day you take control of it and you only use the pieces of it that make freaking sense. And you start to whittle away and reduce. I want you to understand that the way you live is really based on, more than anything else, how you think. It doesn't matter how many clowns are acting like clowns up in the giant clown house where our Congress and our Senate meets. It doesn't matter what kind of ass clown is our president. And I'm really getting tired of ass clowns as president of the United States. You know, we started with an ass clown that was the head of the CIA and says the CIA doesn't lie. Then we got an ass clown that couldn't keep his pants up. Then we got an ass clown that claimed to be a Republican and gave more money and more bailouts, I think, almost than our newest ass clown, who at least is honest about the fact that he's a socialist even though he doesn't use the word. I want you to realize that's not good enough for our nation. We're not willing to accept that. I want you to realize that every shred of authority that this government has, you have granted them. And as the grantor, you have the right to turn around and take it the hell away. And it doesn't always have to happen with elections. It doesn't have to happen always with the typical ideals of revolutions, even peaceful ones. Sometimes it's just, no thank you, I don't want any more. To turn away from the systems of dependence and say, I think we can sort this out for ourselves. I don't think we need to be buying lettuce from Argentina. I think lettuce is pretty freaking easy to grow right here. I want you, when you drive through a neighborhood, and you realize that in that one neighborhood, there's over a thousand trees, and not a single one of those thousand trees produces a damn thing that anybody can eat to realize how disgraceful that is. I want you to shake your head and discuss. I want you to ask yourself, who was the freaking idiot that decided it would be a good idea to create a pear tree that would look like a pear tree, that would have pretty flowers like a pear tree, but it wouldn't produce any pears? When nature was smart enough to give us a pear tree that would feed people. I want you to know how, I want you to ask yourself, how does it make sense that a person driving a $60,000 SUV sitting on a half acre of land in a beautiful part of the suburbs with 20 trees on their beautiful piece of property and all those trees don't produce one shred of food 
sits in their leather sofa, watches their 60-inch plasma, and sees a commercial of a little boy starving in Africa, and even writes a check for it, and thinks to themselves, somebody should do something more. And then they have a tree service come in and make sure that those stupid, useless trees grow even bigger. And they can't dedicate a square inch of their lawn to producing something useful while they watch someone else in the world starve. I want you to understand that the safety that we live in is an illusion. It's not real. There is danger out there. There are a thousand things in this world, some of them that aren't even on the planet right now, that are out of our control. A solar flare, for instance, that can take this life that seems so perfect to so many, and in an instant, it absolutely could be gone. The power could go out. There could be a disease, a famine, shortage, a war, that all of these things are out there. But that should not affect how you live in a negative way. In fact, it should affect it in a very, very positive way, where you decide you're going to live the credo that this show has, and has had since day one, living a better life, if times get tough, or even if they don't. What most people do when they realize how precious life is, when they realize how precarious the situation is, is they get scared and they get greedy and they hold on to everything. You know? Oh my God, I can't afford to lose anymore. Oh my God, what if this happens? I, I'm going to isolate myself from this. Or they stick their head back in the sand and they ignore it and they pretend it's not there. They do like little kids. They put their fingers in their ears and they go la, 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 la. I don't hear you. That makes about as much sense as a person who goes to the doctor and is told, I think you have cancer and only three months to live. And then through treatment, or you just find out the diagnosis was an error, the person finds out that they're going to live a long life. Cancer won't take their life from them today. And then they go curl up in a fetal position and they worry that the cancer might come back. Doesn't make any damn sense. Well, that's how most people in this nation are living. As soon as they realize that everything is not safe and secure, they pull inward. I want you to look at the danger. I want you to look at the threat, and I want it to embolden you. I want you to say, you know what? No, we do not go softly into the night. No way. And we have it. And that's why we're here. And that's why in spite of all the things we've screwed up, look at some of the marvelous things that we created. Think about how long ago it was that we were actually able to launch a rocket with men in the tip and send them to the frickin' moon. That is what humanity does when it is united behind a cause that actually is bigger than themselves. And I want you to realize that in your daily life, there can be little causes that are that significant. I want you to realize that when you start living your life on your own terms, that you influence and you change the people around you.
You don't tell them to live differently. You don't go out and explain to them why they're wrong. You just live. You just be who you really are. You just be authentic and then don't freaking hide it. If you don't want to go telling people that you have a year's supply of food because you're afraid that they'll come take it if the shit hits the fan, I understand. But don't hide. Don't hide who you are. Don't hide the fact that you do pay attention. Don't hide the fact that outwardly you live on your own terms. Don't hide the fact that you have production capacity of food because you realize, you know what, it might not always be a possibility to run down to the store. Don't hide the fact that whatever you're doing for alternative energy isn't just to save money on your electric bill. Don't try to fit in with the people that are car poor and house poor and say that you're trying to save the polar bears because of global warming, tell them, you know what, if the grid goes down, at least I still have something. This is how I live. Do what you want. This is how I'm going to be. That's how you affect change. The family I mention often that's on YouTube called the Dervaises. They grow 6,000 pounds of food in their own little one-tenth of an acre backyard. How many gardens do you think were started up after people watched that and got inspired by it? But you know what you don't hear in that 10-minute video? Everybody out there needs to start a garden. Jules Dervais doesn't tell you to start a garden. He just lives the way that he lives. And you look at it and you go, yeah, I want to do that, I want to do that. No, I'm not putting a blender on a bicycle. I'll, I'll plug my blender into the wall as long as there's electricity there. He doesn't come down on anybody for not going as far as he does. He just lives his life. That's what I want you to do. I want you to realize that this permeates everything. It is not just about survival. It is not just about financial planning. It is not just about lifestyle. It should permeate every part of who you are. That it should permeate everything that you do, even in business. You know, one of the things that I hope comes across when I do this show is I absolutely, positively care about every single person that listens to my show. I don't do this show for it to be a business. It has turned itself into a business. But it's because I followed that rule from day one. When I have one listener, I cared about them. Now there's about 8,000. I care about all 8,000 of you. I try to answer as much of my own email as I can. I answer close to, close to 100% of my emails. I do that because I care. I want you to care about your customers. If you start a business, don't start a business and go, how much money can I make doing this? Start a business and go, what do I love? What is my passion? Dig into it. Live it. Be it. Do it. Do you think I could do this show every day on all of these topics if I didn't live them, if I didn't love them, and if it wasn't important for me, for you to know about them, for you to have access to the information? If I didn't care about you, how could I possibly have now done over 200 shows while driving my car down the highway and having people looking at me right now like, this dude must be crazy. I don't care that these people are looking at me. I'm waving at one of them right now. She really thinks I flipped her, my lid. She's not important to me. 
You are. Because you listen to me. You hear what I have to say. You're my customer. Even if you don't spend money with me, you're my customer. You know, they say, listen to your customers. Give them what they want. Bullshit. Do you know how many companies listen to their customers? They do branding studies. They do profiles. How about this? Give a shit about your customer. Care about your customer. That's a hell of a lot better than listening to your customer. Because listening will happen. If you give a shit, you'll listen. And you still might not give them everything they ask for, because sometimes they'll be wrong. But if you care, they will feel it. They will know. And then they will trust you. And then you can accomplish what your real objective is. And that is to have something that you would do for free that enables you to live the life you want by providing you a method of sustenance to get it done. It really should go that far. It should go into everything you do. If you hate doing something every day, if you really hate it, if it's altering who you are as a person in a negative way, stop it. Stop it. Life is too freaking short to do things that you hate. That's absolute fundamental truth. Now you say, well, Jack, i got to pay the bills and I hate going to work every day. Really? You know what then? Figure something out. Go to work. Hate it. Pay the bills. But figure something else out. Get yourself a pathway out of there then. Maybe you want to do the same thing somewhere that's more conducive to your lifestyle. Maybe you hate what you do with a passion so much you want to do something else. Hey, start shopping for something else. Start looking. Don't sit in a job for 10 years without even considering what your other options are, without even seeing if there's something else you can do. If you have an idea for a business, if it's an idea that you love, that you have passion for, start it. Do it. You could probably get any business off the ground in this country today, or honestly anywhere in the world, with Internet access for well under $1,000. It might not be your vision when you start it, but it can be there. And if you love it, if you have passion for it, you'll pour yourself into it. And there's no better way to be self-sufficient than to own your own brand. I want you to understand all of these things. And I want you not to think that Jack Spirico is important I want you to realize that you're important, and there are parts of your life that, you, that are important, and I want you to take control of those, and I want you to 100% always, always, always understand what you do matters, and that's good, and it's empowering, and it gives you opportunities to change things for the better, but it is a two-edged sword. What you do matters will cut the other way because when you do things that are wrong for you and wrong for your life, that matters too. And it matters in a very malicious way. It's a malignancy in your life when you continue to do things that go contrary to who and what you are. It will eat away and destroy the marrow of your life if you allow it to. I want you to understand that your faith matters. Whatever that faith may be. If you're a Muslim, a Christian, a Jew, non-denominational, a Buddhist, a Hindu, whatever it is, a pagan, 
a spiritualist, a mentalist, whatever it is that at your core you really believe about life, creation, and God, it's important. Hold on to it. Don't be afraid to question it. Find strength or find new answers. But have faith beyond just you. Man cannot exist happily isolated and alone. You have to be connected not just with the planet that you walk on, not just with the people around you, but with your spiritual nature as well. I don't talk about this a lot because I don't preach at people. Even when I stand up like today and I'm up on a box and I'm going, I'm not preaching. Not in the religious sense. And I also don't do it because there's a lot of people out there, I know some of the things you've said to me, you and I don't believe the same thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I believe. It matters what you believe. All that matters is that you have some center around spirituality. You have to have something. Without that, you're an empty shell. And it's going to be very hard for you to recognize the right path in life, even when you're walking on it. I want you to realize that life is a series of coincidences, but they're coincidences that you call to yourself. I want you to realize that when you meet somebody that seems like totally out of the blue, that you would you know happen to walk up and bump into somebody, or see somebody, or when you see somebody and go, that person looks familiar to me, there's a reason for it. You need to talk to, listen, and pay attention to that person. I want you to realize that if you sat down right now and you made a list of the coincidences in your life from 20 years ago until today, and then you mathematically calculated the odds that you would end up where you are right now, this second hearing my voice right now, the odds are 100 billion zillion to one against every one of those coincidences happening exactly the way they did to put you where you are now, but it is the way it happened. And that happens for a reason. I want you to realize that when you're doing something and it feels really good, and you feel like this is how I'm supposed to live, go do that. Do that for the rest of your life. What obligation do you think that you're paying? What sin do you think that you owe society for committing? How bad a person must you be that you would punish yourself by accepting slavery, by accepting servitude, by by accepting society's message to you that you must be in debt or you're not worth anything? How can you live this way? Don't. It's not worth it. In fact, you are worth a hell of a lot more. That's what this show is really all about. That's what I'm trying to plant in your heart every single day that you tune in and listen to this, and I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, this is how you plant a pepper plant. Or, this is how you store food long term. Or, this is why this legislation that these assholes up at the Capitol are trying to shove down our throats is wrong. That's what I'm really doing. I'm planning you in, inside of you an understanding of self-worth that is so strong that you'll start looking at these outside influences and go, uh-uh, no, I don't want this. I don't have to take it. I want to empower you. 
I want you every time you hear something that everyone always says to go, is that really true? Do I really have to obey that? Do I have to live my life in accordance with this pile of bullshit that I just don't agree with? Or do I have the ability as a sovereign human being on this planet with inalienable rights that were granted to me by my very creation and existence? The day that I walked here, I had them, they were mine. All I have to do is declare that they're mine and live as though they're mine. Can that turn this insurmountable tide in my favor. Can everyone around me continue to live in slavery if they choose to? And still, does that give me the freedom to break that bondage and live in freedom? And the answer is yes. And I want you to have that one little taste. That one little taste of self-granted freedom. You didn't wait for a law to be repealed. You didn't write your congressman. You didn't write your senator. You didn't go to a group. You didn't go to a meeting. You didn't hit your knees. You took action. You do one thing. One thing only. And it creates one tiny sliver of liberty in your life. People do it every day. Every single day, people do something that grants them liberty. Beyond what they're told they can have. But they don't realize it. They don't know that that's what's happened. They don't see it for what it is. You know, they grow something edible in their garden, but they just see it as a hobby. They go out and do something and they, you know, have a hobby that somebody ends up paying them to teach them about. And they don't realize that they've just created income that's independent of anything else. They go out and they tell somebody the truth about something and they change that person's way of thinking. And they don't realize that they've just spread a revolution. Because they weren't thinking about it when they did it. They weren't realizing what they were doing while they were doing it. So they just see it as, eh, that's just what you got to do. Now back to the grind. Where if you know what you're doing when you take the action, if you take the action for a purpose, for a reason, because you desire a specific outcome, as soon as you take the action, as soon as you reap the benefit, the feeling that I did something, it mattered. This little tiny ray of light comes into your life. And then all of a sudden you realize it's not a ray, it's a laser beam. And the intensity begins to go up. And when you bring light into darkness, there's no middle ground. Darkness flees. It has to, because it never existed in the first place. The only thing that creates darkness in the world is the absence of light. It is the most fundamental truth behind most of the world's religions. It is the most fundamental truth in science. There is a middle ground, there is a bridge, and that is it. You walk into a dark room, it looks dark. It's not dark. Darkness doesn't exist. You flip a light switch, the darkness is gone. Here's the scary part about the darkness, folks. The darkness isn't real, but it can hurt you. You go into that room and you say, I deny the darkness, but you don't bring the light. You walk around the room, you stub a toe or trip over something and actually break your neck and kill yourself. One extreme to the other. But one way or another, you run around in the darkness long enough, you're going to hurt yourself. You get hurt by something that's not even real. But the minute you bring the smallest ray of light into the room, 
The darkness begins to disappear because it was never there. And your eyes begin to open even a very small amount of light. And stand in the room long enough, you'll be able to see everything in the room with the smallest shred of light. And then you'll realize where the walls are and where the doors are, and you'll bring more light in yourself because you'll become insatiable for more. That's what liberty does in your life if you recognize it for what it is when it shows up. So my challenge to you is we get ready to have our one-year anniversary here at the Survival Podcast, and you look ahead to your next year, is to think about these things as you live your life. Every time you take an action, ask yourself, is this what I really want? If I don't want it, why the hell am I doing it? Is it a sacrifice? If it's a sacrifice, what is the end? Where am I trying to get to? How long am I willing to do this for? What is my freaking plan B? And every time you take an action and it's what you really want, say to yourself, does this help further my liberty? And understand what it is when you do it. If you do that, those little laser beams will begin to permeate the slavery that you've submitted yourself to. And you'll feel it, and you'll know it, and you'll recognize it for what it is. And you will take control of your life. And if times get really, really bad, you'll be one of the people that keeps their head and helps others instead of taking from others. And if times don't get really bad, you'll realize how bad they really already are. You'll realize the sacrifices of those around you. And eventually you'll stop telling them to live differently. And you'll just show them how. This has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.